Good morning. Good morning. <laughs> if everyone would come on in and find their places, we need to get started. Go out into the highways and the byways and compel them to come in. Well, how many of you still saved this morning? Well, there's only about half of you. Maybe we ought to start off with an altar call. Well, it's been great up until now, and uh, it's just going to get, continue to get better. The momentum is building. Good things are happening. So this morning, as we've been doing, we want to give some of our directors an opportunity to share with you and for you to get acquainted with them. Uh, this year, we, we ran into a little problem. We got more directors than we got slots, so uh, not all of them will get to, to uh, come up and share, but uh, be sure you get acquainted with them. So this morning, we're going to start off and uh, remind you that right after the morning session, right close to noon, uh, we'll be having our CBC informational meeting in the room. I believe it's called Foothills. It does have a name. I've just been saying the room across the hall but it is Foothills, and that'll be immediately after our last morning session, and we'd encourage you to be there, and it's going to be a good time. We're going to give you an opportunity to register. We're going to have uh, some opportunities for you to sign up. We're going to have the directors there, some students sharing, so you get all the information you possibly need uh, to make a wise decision. So we look forward to seeing you at the meeting right after the morning session. All right, first up this morning, we've got uh, Gail Coleman from Dyer, Indiana. Karis Bible School, Indiana. I could have been standing there. Thank you. Praise God. Good morning. Everybody have a great night's sleep. Yeah, I did. Praise God. Um, it's so good to be here with everybody. It's always wonderful to be in Colorado, especially from Indiana. That's very flat. You know, it's pretty flat, although we have the lake. So Lake Michigan is really nice, and we are in northwest Indiana. I am Gail Coleman, the director of CBC Indiana. Yay, Hoosiers! Yeah. <laughs> Hi, everybody in Indiana and our staff and friends. Praise God. Um, I know some of you are watching, and it um, has just been a, such an exciting week already, and the meetings that we have had, <clears throat> excuse me, with all the directors. I'm still altitude here, walking fast, <laughs> adjusting. But we are really on a fast track we could say that, right? Because God is just exploding in this ministry, of which thank you, Andrew and Jamie, for everything you've put in all these years, because we get to do this. <laughs> we get to join with you and partner and do this. And um, CBC is, a, is really the word of God going forth into all the world and changing lives. And I want to introduce Mary, too. Mary Parker, would you stand up? She is on our staff in Indiana. Praise God. You know, it takes a team to do stuff, which Andrew's been talking about, too. It, it, the team that God has put together is just amazing. And there's, um, 
there's just an incredible thing that happens with a team. Nobody can do this by themselves, right? All of you guys know that. Anybody in ministry um, knows that. And even in the secular world, if you're an island, if you're by yourself, you know, it is just, you can't accomplish the things that you can accomplish as a team. And God puts us together. And I am just so thankful for the team that we have in Indiana and the team at CBC and the support from Colorado that it all works together. And what I really wanted to talk about, well, I wanted to tell you that that we are now a school, um, we're entering our third year as an extension school, and we started out for the first two years as an in-church Bible college. And we said, Lord, if we get five people, and we had 12 which I believe is a pretty good number, right? <laughs> there were 12 disciples. So we, um, one of our students, we started with first year. One of our students graduated from the Chicago school. We're about 50 miles from the Chicago school. I'm a graduate from the Chicago school. And um, it wasn't easy to go to school. I drove like 40 miles in Chicago traffic. But the Lord did that as preparation. School is preparation time. And I didn't know I would be doing this. But God... He has a plan, and he has a purpose for you. And you don't know what you're going to be doing, but go to that meeting today. Amen? Go there. Listen to God. Which part is what I want to talk to you. I just want to give you guys, there's so much to say, but a nugget, and it's been talked about really the whole conference, is what are you focusing on? That's what I want to ask you this morning. What are you focusing on? Are you focusing on the circumstances that are going on in your life? Are you focusing on um, the trials or the tribulations, the, the things, even the good things that are happening? Are you focusing on making money on your career? You know, what is your focus? Because what your focus is, is where you're going to go. And I know Andrew talks all the time about what you're thinking about. You know, if you think about, if I say a, a red apple, that's what you're thinking about. And no matter, if I say don't think about it, don't think about it, you're still going to think about it. You have to replace it with something else. So what you focus on is really important. It's what you're going to, it's where you're going to go. What you focus on is going to determine what you choose. You know, what happens in your life, what you get. So we really want to focus on what the Lord says. It says in Proverbs uh, 23, 7, as a man thinketh, so is he. So what we're thinking about and what we're focusing on is so important. Um, I looked up the word focus um, in a regular dictionary, and it was so interesting because we know focus means to fix or settle on some one thing, but another definition was really great. It said it is also a Latin word meaning fireplace. I'm like, fireplace? <laughs> what is that? Well, it said a fireplace in earlier times was the center of the house. It was where people got light and heat. Isn't that interesting? That, you know, you think about a little log cabin, especially up in those mountains, and what did they heat with, you know, and where did their light come from? That fireplace in the center. And what does the word tell us? That Jesus is the light, right? So if you could say it this way, what you focus on is the light that is leading you. Who? <laughs> I do not want to focus on the flesh and the earthly things and the things. I want to focus on who God says I am. You know, and the enemy will try to put a picture in your mind. I've had like a picture of 
um, pop into my mind, this is an example, of myself on life support. Where's that come from? Do you guys know where that comes from? (laughs) Not God. Because what does God say? He says, by the stripes of Jesus, I was healed. And in 2000, I was healed of breast cancer. And it is 2010. And I don't, I don't have to get a doctor's report. I don't have to get anything except what the Word says. And the Word says I'm healed by the stripes of Jesus. And, and I love what's happened at school because what happens in school, and we see it in student after student, it's that effortless change, which is an awesome teaching that Andrew has. And, and it, it's the Word. It's the Word. It's the Word coming in and changing you. And you're focused on the Word. And it just happens. You just change, you know? And, and then your your purpose and your calling and all of those things that God has for every one of us comes out. And it it's just an awesome thing. Um, you say, you know, well, you're saying focus, focus, focus. And we know we have the word and we know, like, I will sound like a broken record, like Leland with body, soul, and spirit in Christ. Everything is in Christ Jesus. Absolutely everything. And you look up those scriptures and you study those scriptures of in Christ Jesus and it will change how you, fo- you know, what your focus is and you'll be focusing on him. And, um... It is a choice. It is a choice. In Romans 6.13, um, which Lawson was preaching about, if you hear his teaching, just get his teaching. It was really good if you missed it. And the one way that you focus is yield. It says yield yourself to God, not to sin. You guys can look that up. It's just an awesome scripture. And, and by yielding to God... You're not, you're not focusing on sin anymore. You're yielding to him. And praise and worship is an awesome way. Praying in the Holy Spirit is an awesome way to yield. Um, you know, when we focus on God, too, one of the things I appreciate the most through school and focusing on the word and getting that solid foundation was, uh, number one, I, I did harness my emotions. <laughs> I was a pretty emotional person, led by emotions, and no more. I'm led by the Holy Spirit and the Word of God. And no longer do I have to fall apart like a $2 suitcase, right? <laughs> I'm stealing all this stuff. But it's good. That's because it's good. And and I don't have to do that. I can focus on the Lord. And I had this vision. I was talking to another minister. We were just sharing about focusing on the Lord. And and then we were talking about circumstances in both our lives, because we all have circumstances that we deal with. And I just all of a sudden got this vision, like I was looking down at myself. And I was standing, and I was totally in Christ. Everything that I always say, the Lord let me see that, my position, totally in him, him totally in me, and all around me is whirling, 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 all these circumstances. And believe me, I have a lot of circumstances, just like everybody else. We all do. And all these things, and all these things that if I focused on them, I could cave. I could have a pity party. I could cry. (laughs) But no, God's given me joy, and joy unspeakable, and full of glory. I already have the victory. He says we are more than conquerors. Guess what that means? It means he already has the answer before we even have the circumstance. We are more than conquerors in Christ Jesus. So I saw this vision of myself, and you could put yourself there because 
It's the same for all of us. We're in Christ Jesus. He's in us. And these circumstances are swirling around. And all of a sudden, I was sharing this vision with the person I was talking to. And I said, and every circumstance has to bow to the lordship of Jesus Christ. Amen? Everyone. Everyone. And we take the word and we do that. Praise God. Um, I just wanted to really end with Romans 8, 34. Like I said, um, to help you focus on the Lord, there's many things. Praying in the Spirit is key. Praying in the Holy Spirit, it really puts your focus on God. Praise and worship puts your focus on God. Of course, number one is the Word of God. And here's something, the love of God. Start focusing on the love of God. If you have anything in your life that um, is going on, focus on the love of God. And if we go to Romans 8, um, the end of Romans 8, 34 through 39, which is some of my favorite scripture, and it says there, Who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died, yea, rather, that is risen again. Who is even at the right hand of God who also maketh intercession for us? Praise God. Jesus is interceding for us. This is something to focus on, the love of God. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? As it is written, for thy sake we are killed all day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, no way. (laughs) In all these things, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. Oh, how he loves us. Praise God. For I am persuaded. Are you guys persuaded today? You persuaded that the Lord loves you? Amen. I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. You are blessed. Praise God. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus, for your love. Amen. We are the loved of the Lord. All right, our next uh, guest this morning, Cindy Quarles from CBC Chicago. Thank you, Wendell. Hello, everybody. How are you this morning? Yes, we're blessed. It's good to see you all. It's just an honor to be here. I love being in Colorado, just like Gail. I'm being from Chicago. I'm not originally from Chicago. You might hear a little bit of a Texas twang in my uh, speech. But uh, living in Chicago is uh, um, just not like Colorado. I know why everybody wants to live here. Praise God, I love it here. And I sleep well here. This mountain air is good for sleep and rest. Um, my name is Cindy Quarles. I am the director of Karis Bible College Chicago. And uh, I just do want to start out thanking um, 
Andrew and Jamie, you know, for bringing this message to me. I want to thank their team of people who work with them. I want to thank the partners who helped bring the message to me that changed my life, that brought me out of religion, that set my course on the good life that God had planned for me. Amen? God has a good life planned for each and every one of us. He ordained that. Ordained means prepared. He has a good life prepared for all of us. So I just want to thank you, Andrew and Jamie, for doing that. I want to thank the team of people who helped bring that to me, the partners. And uh, we're just continuing to do that. Amen? Um, I'd like to introduce uh, the staff of Karis Bible College Chicago. This is, and I've asked them if they'd come and join me here for just a moment. This is uh, Francine Jackson. Praise God. And David Rose. Aren't they pretty? They dressed up all for you today. <laughs> And uh, this is Francine. She is the administrator of the Chicago School, and she is an awesome administrator par excellence. Every time I, you know, just talk about how good she is, I, I tell, I'm bragging on her to some of the other directors. I say, and you can't have her. <laughs> She's just awesome. And David Rose is our dean of students, and yeah, he also. Uh, coordinates and oversees all of our admissions and recruiting and so they we all wear multiple hats amen we all do multiple things all of us are teachers and instructors at the school we run the business of the school we are counselors we're ministers we're you know all of that and so these guys are just awesome it does take a team of people to do this and I just appreciate them so much and I wanted you to uh, see them and I just wanted to honor them thank you both so much I'd give them a microphone, but that's dangerous. I wouldn't get to talk, so. <laughs> um, praise God. You know, I wanted to start out with a, um, a statement that I read in a book recently. This statement said this. It said, it is unnatural for a Christian to not have an appetite for the impossible. And I read that statement, and I read it again, and I started pondering it. It comes from, actually, I want to give credit to where that came from. It came from Bill Johnson's book. Bill Johnson is pastor of Bethel Church in Redding, California. It came from his book, The Supernatural Power of a Transformed Mind. And uh, I want to read that statement again. It, it, it is this. It is unnatural for a Christian to not have an appetite for the impossible. And I read that, and I said, you know what, I agree with that, because that is why I believe a lot of us are just, we got this holy dissatisfaction on the inside of us, because we ha know that the impossible is possible for us. We understand and know we have this knowing in our spirits that the impossible is possible for us. We have this desire to walk in the supernatural, to do the impossible. But our minds are what's holding us back. And uh, so that's why we get dissatisfied. I think that's why people, there's so many Christians not in churches anymore. I think that's why there's so many young people who are so dissatisfied and, and, um, and even committing suicide because, you know, because they just, they, there's something on the inside of them that is crying out for the supernatural and for the impossible. And so... 
we do have the ability for that. We do have the ability to walk in the supernatural, to operate in that, and to really intentionally have that to be a lifestyle for us. Because we really are supernatural beings, we are not mere men. We are supernatural beings alive to God. We have been translated out of the kingdom of darkness and into the kingdom of light. The word translated means change positions, change locations. We really were brought out of one kingdom and into another. And in this kingdom, all things are possible. Amen? Um, my, my fellow director right there was just, uh, Deb Farley was just mentioning that scripture to me. All things are possible to him who believe. In this kingdom, all things are possible. And we have that kingdom on the inside of us. We have supernatural abilities on the inside of us. We are citizens of heaven. You know, we are not of this world any longer. When we were translated out of one kingdom and into another, into the kingdom of the Son of His love, we were we became citizens of heaven, and that is really where our faith is anchored. Our faith is anchored in the supernatural, and we live from there to earth, and that is why we can walk in the supernatural. And I just want to encourage all of you. There are many, many of you. I know all of you here have that desire on the inside of you. If you don't have an appetite for the impossible, it is, it is either, number one, you don't know that you can, nobody's ever told you, or number two, we've just become passive and, and developed a hard heart. But there is a solution to both of those things. Amen? Uh, number one, I can inform you that, yes, you can walk in the supernatural. Yes, you can do the impossible. It's already on the inside of you. Jesus is there. He lives on the inside of you. He, God has made you his dwelling place. And this is the supernatural, almighty, uncreated, self-existing God that has made you his dwelling place. And when we just ponder and think on those things and meditate on who God is and who he is on the inside of us, we will begin to realize, yes, we can walk in the impossible. We can walk into the supernatural. You know, Andrew has been talking about looking up, and we have really been commanded to do that. Colossians 3.2 tells us to set our affections on things above, not on things of the earth, the Amplified says to set your mind on things above. And other translations say that. It says to set your mind and keep them set on what is above, on the higher things. In other words, we are to intentionally set our focus there. We are to intentionally set our mind and to think in supernatural terms. Amen? And we can do that. I want to inform you that we can do that. Jesus gave us the ability to walk in the supernatural and to see into that realm, to look up. And he, he declared that when he declared, um, in Luke 4, verse 18, when he was reading about himself out of Isaiah 61, and he said this. He said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and recovery of sight to the blind. Now, I used to think that that meant physical sight coming to the blind, and that definitely is included in what Jesus did and what Jesus brought to us. But when I began to ponder and think about what Adam lost, 
You know, Adam had the ability to see in, in, in the natural and the supernatural. He could see God. He could see Eve. You know, it talks about how God, when God formed Eve out of Adam, he formed Eve and then he brought her to Adam. So Adam could see God. He could see Eve. He had the ability to see into all of that. And when he fell, he lost that. He, he, he could no longer, all he was aware of now was a natural realm. But Jesus recovered sight to the blind. He recovered our ability to see, to look up, amen, to look into the the spiritual realm, into the kingdom of God, into heaven where we dwell, where we are citizens of. You know, you are seated right now with Christ in the heavenly realm. There, It's not a going to be someday. It is a now reality. You are now seated with Christ in heavenly places, amen? And so that is... That is our ability. You know, we can see into the spiritual realm. And so I just want to encourage you that you can do that, you know. But it takes something for us to be able to begin to do that because we have so long been uh, just aware of this natural realm. And in order to look into the spiritual realm and begin to intentionally do that, number one, you're born again. You immediately have that. But because we've been so programmed into just this natural realm, it takes another. It takes supernatural things for us to be able to um, see into that realm, to be able to look up, and that is transformation. You know, when Paul said to be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that word "transformed" is a supernatural term. It's the same word that was translated "transfigured." When it talks about how Jesus was transfigured on the Mount of Transfiguration when he became resplendent with brightness and glory. That is the same word as transformed. It is a supernatural term. And so in order to be able to see into the spiritual realm to begin to look up, we have to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. It's all supernatural. Amen. You know, it is the word of God that does it. And so this word right here. This word of God is our gateway. It is our doorway into the supernatural. It is our gateway into the spiritual realm. You know, Jesus gave us a template for doing miracles. Andrew talked about that the other night when he, when he looked up into heaven and he multiplied the loaves and the fishes. That is our template for miracles. Amen. That's our pattern. That's our model. We can look into the spiritual realm and make it manifest in this realm. Amen. But it takes a transformation. It takes a renewing of our mind. And that is why it is so important to get immersed in this word. You know, we have um, a mission statement for CBC Chicago and a a vision statement. Our vision statement is this. Graduates everywhere worldwide teaching, demonstrating, and living the message of the grace and the unconditional love of God. And we're beginning to see that. We're seeing our graduates now from the Chicago School affecting the world and going out into ministry. Anne is one of those people. We've got pastors who have who are now pastoring churches. Three people that I know have graduated from the Chicago School who are pastoring churches, and so we're beginning to see that vision. But in order to get to that vision, this is our mission statement: it is equipping the saints for the work of the ministry, 
And we do that through immersion in the word, through intimate praise and worship, and mentoring and modeling by staff and leadership. And so that we really, it is a word of God that brings about the transformation. It All we do is just create an atmosphere and an environment for that to happen. Amen? And all of these schools, all of the schools all around the world, they are they have their own unique personalities, but the message is the same. And in order to walk in the supernatural, to do the impossible, which each and every one of you know on the inside of you, that you have a longing for that. You, you're going to have to be transformed. All of us have to do that. You know, I just have be, how much more time do I have? Can you tell me? Am I, am I out? Five? Okay, praise God. I can't see the hand because the light is in the way. Renewing of the mind and walking in the impossible. And, and I just want to just kind of give you a little bit of a, of a, an example of seeing into the supernatural and walking and, and, and looking there and also being aware of your physical surroundings. When I became aware that I had spiritual senses, that my spirit had senses, I could see, I could hear, I could taste, I could see, I could smell in the spiritual realm, I began to say, okay, I'm going to operate by faith and I'm going to intentionally begin to exercise this. And at the GTS, um, Gospel Truth Seminar in Chicago, I was sitting on the front row. There, Jill LeBlanc was here in praise and worship and Charlie was here. And I had my eyes wide open. And I said, I'm just going to look and see what God is doing in the room with my spiritual eyes. And I saw a big, huge angel right behind Jill, standing right here. This magnificent creature. He was white. He, I could see him as clearly as I can see you with my eyes. But I had my eyes open. I saw Jill here. I saw Charlie here. I saw this big angel right behind Jill. I, but I was seeing. I didn't see him with these eyes. I saw Jill and Charlie with these eyes, but I saw this angel right behind Jill. But I intentionally put, I intentionally determined that I was going to focus and look there. And that's when I saw the angel. And so I just, you know, that's just an example. It is by faith you determine, yes, I can look up. And by faith you do that. Amen? And, you know, I... I didn't, I couldn't do that. I didn't know that until, you know, and I, I, it's a foundation that was built in me through this school. It was a transformation that came about. And um, that's just one example, you know, of being able to look up and see into the spiritual realm and see. And, but Jesus gave us that. He, rec- he recovered that. Recovery of sight to the blind. Amen? So I just want to encourage you. It all begins with transformation. This is our gateway there. This is the primary way that God reveals himself to us. And this is our doorway, our gateway into the supernatural, into the spiritual realm. But it requires a transformation, a renewing of our mind. Amen? And so if you've got that desire on the inside of you, you must be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And your next step, amen, <laughs> is a come to a Karis Bible College. I just unashamedly say that. I could have gone anywhere in the country to go to Bible college. My husband was supportive of me. And... Um, 
He told me, you know, if you want to move to Colorado, we'll move to Colorado. He saw my desire for that. and uh, But he said, I'd like for you to check out some other schools, you know. So I kind of pretended to do that, but I already knew what I wanted to do. I knew I wanted to go to Karis Bible College because it was the message that Andrew was teaching that had changed my life. And so I, I you know, I was ready to move to Colorado. My husband said, we'll do that if you want to do that. And uh, he ha- he's just an awesome man of God, by the way. Uh, very supportive of me, and he has an understanding of stewardship and of being a true husband. And he protects me. He um, watches over me, but he sets me free to do what God has called me to do. And he understands stewardship. He says, I am a steward, a husband, a caretaker of God's property. Amen? And so that's what he is to me, and I just he is such a blessing to me. But I could have gone anywhere. And I wanted, to, I was determined to come here because this is the true gospel, the pure gospel that will build a firm foundation in you. If there's something, you know, there was just, um, well, I don't want to say anything about some of the other Bible colleges. I'll just say that this was a pure gospel and a firm foundation that was built on the inside of me. And so um, that is what I needed in order to be able to begin to build on that and what God had for me in the future. And it is the same for you. This is a pure gospel that you're going to receive at this school. And I just encourage you. I know you've got an appetite for the supernatural. I know you've got a longing to walk in that. But you must have a foundation. And this is it. Amen. And this is where I got it was at this school. Amen. Praise God. So I just encourage you to do it. Step out of the boat, as Andrew said. And walk on water. Amen. Praise God. Come on. Praise God. You know, one of the exciting things that we're beginning to see is the schools themselves reproducing themselves. And... uh, Cindy introduced the staff at uh, the Chicago School, and all of them are graduates of the Chicago School. And uh, same thing in England. All of the staff of the England School are graduates of the England School. And uh, since I stepped down as director of CBC Colorado, uh, just about all the staff in Colorado, with the exception of Barry, are graduates of the Colorado School. So we're beginning to see that uh, multiplication and reproduction, and it's exciting to see. Good things. All right. David Forkerston from, and I probably can't say it right, Chennai, India. Is that pretty close? Thank you. He was, he was kind of close. It's actually Chennai, but it's pretty good. <laughs> He's from Texas, though, so look at you. Well, um, <laughs> okay, all right, okay, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Everybody say, I love David. Okay, well, uh, thanks for having me here. It's uh, a real pleasure to get to share some things with you. First, I just want to introduce my wife, Judith, is here with my baby, Hannah. And that's my dad, Russ. And uh, the three of us have been in India for the past few years. This last year, we were really blessed to have our best friends 
come out for six months and help us out. Jeff and Autumn Nuckala, which I know they're here somewhere. They're getting up right here. Stand up, guys. So they were a super blessing to us, just um, getting the school going and, and just helping to be there and support us. Well, let me tell you that awesome things are happening in India. I don't know. Also, let me say one more person. Philip. Where's Philip? One of our students right here. Philip came all the way from India just to come and meet Andrew. And he was a great blessing to have at the school. It's just, it's just so much fun preaching the gospel to people. Amen. I mean, how many, how many of you believe that God has a plan for your life? Everybody in this room better raise their hand. God has an awesome plan for your life. And sitting right here, you really don't know. You may be shipped off to a grass hut in India or Africa or wherever. But let me tell you that it's, life is an adventure. And if you want to go, if you want to follow God, you need to embrace that adventure. Amen? I just want to share, I mean, um, one thing with our, our school is going really well. We, we graduated 20 students this last year. We promoted another 16. We started a correspondence course, and there's over 60 people hearing that nearly too good to be true news through correspondence. So it's just, I mean, the, the time is there. And it, I, I feel like being in India right now is just like the harvest is is ready to be gathered up. And we just came for such a time as this, and it's just been so cool to see everything that God is doing. But I want to share right now, I just want to emphasize a major uh, revelation that God really showed my, me and my family ab- about how, how to fulfill that plan that God has for you. Everybody, everybody in here raised their hand and agreed that God has a plan for your life. How are you going to walk that out? And I believe that Jesus answered it in Matthew chapter 11. Um, I guess they can put it on the screen. Matthew chapter 11, I think it's 28 through 30. Jesus said, come to me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. And I, I, I mean, this passage of scripture is about my favorite in the Bible. He said that my yoke is easy and my burden is light. I mean, you know, we've been living in India for the last three years. And this last year, starting the Bible colleges, we had more challenges come our way than I would care to mention. (laughs) And so we did a lot of stuff. But looking back, if I look back at the last year and just think, man, we just coasted right through. We just coasted. We just sat back and, and saw how God opened every door and solved every problem and then opened more doors and then solved the problems that came from that. And the, the main emphasis that, that we kept holding on to and holding on to is that God, if you're following God, it, cannot, it can be easy. Amen? Now, does that, that does, obviously I'm, I'm telling you there's a lot of opposition and there's a lot of things you got to go through. But when you're walking in the grace of God, it can be easy. Is that right? So what is the grace of God? The unmerited favor of God? That's one definition. The way I really love to think about it is God's power and ability to do what we can't. Amen? That power and ability is what takes us through. And don't worry, that's, that's my baby. Don't. <laughs> she, that was, she was just saying, Amen! <laughs> 
I know that, you know, every parent thinks their kid is the cutest, but mine really is. So, <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I'm sorry. There's just nothing I can do. But one thing that, uh, that we teach real strong in our school is, is about living in grace. And uh, other people say it in different ways, living in the supernatural. One thing also I talk about a lot is living in the impossible. And, and I just want to encourage you that there is only one way that God intended us to live, and it is in grace. It is in his power and ability that we can live and move and have our being. Amen? We can, I mean, that, the, the way that God intended life, he created Adam and Eve... They were together in the, in the garden, and life was good, wasn't it? It was beautiful. It looked like Colorado. You know, we, me and Judith were really blessed. We got to stay in this lodge for a week just a few weeks ago, and it was just wonderful. But just that, I mean, God intended us to live this wonderful type of life. Amen? How many of you believe that God intended life to be fun? Amen? Amen? I believe he intended it to be fun. Not a grueling, religious, terrible, dreadful, you know, dreading every day and dreading every morning and going through some monotonous routine. He intended it to be fun, adventurous. And the way that that works is living in grace. Now, what I want to say, I believe there's two, two types of mindsets. One, oh, we'll say, over here is the works mentality. And then over here is the grace mentality. And I believe that if you're, if you're needing whatever it is, financial help, physical help and healing or, or, or whatever it is, the answer to your problem is moving from that works mentality into the grace mentality. And sometimes what I came to find out for me, it it's can be real subtle and we don't really realize it. Sometimes we can, we can all say here in this room, we're all... I mean, everybody in this room is a grace person. Amen? We're all, we're all grace people. But what I, what I came to find out was sometimes I let that subtlety of works creep in. Whereas I knew, you know what? God loves me unconditionally. If I don't pay my tithe or if I don't go to church, if I don't read my Bible enough, God's love for me is never going to change. Everybody say amen. amen. That's the gospel of grace. Amen? So some of these outward things, uh, we, we can embrace real readily and real, real strongly. But some uh, of the more subtle things, I found myself still a bit bound after some time. Now, when I, I, I don't have time to share my testimony, but it's a good one. <laughs> How many of you ever heard the destiny stories? How many of you have seen that? Well, if... If so, uh, my dad and I's and, and my wife's testimony is on there. And so um, basically I was a heathen and my dad led me to the Lord and never been in church before. But I got saved in my living room and it was just a miraculous testimony. You can you can see it on the Destiny Stories. I can't share it now. But what happened uh, right away after I got saved, I started just reading the Bible all day long, listening to Andrew's tapes all day long. And um, I was being totally changed and totally changed. And I was really radical in grace. I mean, I, I heard spirit, soul, and body so many times. I could quote every scripture. I could explain that we're saved by grace, 
through faith, not of works, lest any man should boast. And, and what happened to me was I started to become quite a legalistic grace preacher. <laughs> and I just, just before coming out to Bible college, I was working in this cabinet shop. There was a guy there, Church of Christ guy, and he was a, he was a Church of Christ guy. So, so he was talking about how they don't, you know, they sing acapella. They don't use m- musical instruments and, and just various different things. And when he would share a couple of scriptures with me, man, I shotgunned out like a machine gun, really, like 10 or 20 more. And we just argued, or I should say he didn't really argue, but I argued all that just fired back, fired back at him. And, uh, you know, I was just in my heart, you know, I was trying to help him, but I I couldn't really. I I was just firing this legalistic you got to know about grace, you know, and just pounding him with it. And anyway, when I uh thank God finally got to Bible college and while I was there, also I felt this similar thing. I started to see some other students, some people my age and uh and we would just hang out and they would be playing some games and stuff like that and I'd be like, "Man, shouldn't we be having a Bible study right now?" Like, you know, like, shouldn't we, man, I got to get back into the word and I got to be more spiritual and things like that. And I just felt this, this anxiousness all the time still, even though I was, uh, I was, I was in the process. So anyway, I was with one, I was with a buddy and he was telling me, uh, I was driving in the car with him up to church one day in the beginning of Bible college, and he was talking about himself, and he was saying how fanatical he was and how he was in the Word all the time and how he was, you know, he, he just listened to so many Andrew's tapes, and he was all into it and everything. I was like, man, I, I like this guy. He's, you know, we're, we're finally matching up. And so uh, he kept, he, he was in second year, and I was in first year, and he was like, but you know what? I realized by the end of my first year of Bible college, when I was talking to people and I was trying to minister to people, man, I was critical of people. And I was, I was con- putting a lot of people down. I was condemning people. And he was like, man, you know what? I realized I didn't have any revelation of grace at all. <laughs> and I was sitting like in the front seat. I remember this like it was yesterday. I was like, <clears throat> like my worst fear has come, you know, because I was so radical about grace, but yet I was realizing, man, that subtlety was in there and in there. And so it, it really, this, it transformed my life. At the beginning of Bible college, I remember as clear as day, man, praying to God and saying, God, man, I don't know all the right things to say anymore. I, I don't want to just confess all the scriptures that I know and I could do. I was just like, God, I need help. And my prayer for a long time was, help. (laughs) But you know what happened after not very long? Man, the reality of God and the reality of relationship with God began to become real inside of me. And I began to see, man, life can be good. Life can be full of freedom, full of rest. And you know what? That's what gave us the boldness to go to India and you know what? We moved to India, and we didn't know anyone. We didn't have any plan. Me and my dad had this little saying. Actually, my dad came up with this. Our plan was solidly nebulous. <laughs> you know? 
we, I mean, as bold as can be, we really, we really weren't afraid, and we just went out there, and you know what? God met us, and it was awesome. We spent some time just laughing hysterically, like, what in the world? We couldn't even cross the street. What are we going to do? But you know what? God met us there. We had divine opportunities, divine appointments with people. We began discipling pastors. We began getting up and preaching and seeing the, the word affecting people, the word of grace, how they were so totally legalistic and they were being set free. It was just awesome. We would, I mean, it was, it was so different, but it didn't even matter. When we would ask, so are you understanding what we're saying? You know, all of you guys would say yes or no, I didn't understand. But you know what they do? They go, So we were like, so is that yes or no? <laughs> and you know what's really scary? I still don't know what that means. <laughs> what's even scarier than that is if we, once we get back to India, you'll see I'm talking to people and I'm, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm doing the same thing. I don't even know. It just, but my point is, my point is, that Jesus said, come to me, and I'll give you rest. Amen? He said his yoke is easy and his burden is light. Easy. That's a strong, strong word. You know, to talk about being in war, we're in a war. You know, the grace of God, it doesn't cause you to be lazy. The grace of God causes you to get up and fight. That's exactly what it does. There's no balance between grace and law. Amen? There is, there is no balance. It is all grace and all grace. But you know what? The grace of God will cause you to go out there and battle. And the grace of God will cause you to go out there and triumph. Amen? So when you guys are thinking, I know there's a lot of people here that, you know, are a little bit concerned or whatever. A lot of people have said this already. Just go for it. You know, don't make such a big deal out of every little thing. Life is intended to be an adventure, an adventure with God. And it's just exciting. You know, see, like we, we had this director's meeting and hearing what God's doing in, uh, throughout America and around the world, it was, it's encouraging. And God wants all of you guys to be a part of it. Amen? So anyway, hallelujah. I hope you got something good. Praise God. That's awesome. I think I learned something. <laughs> That's going to work from now on, folks. <laughs> Every time Andrew calls me in his office, that's what... <laughs> Thank you, sir. <laughs> That was worth the whole conference for me. <laughs> you know, we've got just a few minutes, and what I want to do, we don't have time for them to share, but I'd like for the directors that didn't have a time to share to come up here. We want to recognize you and let you greet the people. So uh, Cody and, and Carlin, and who else did we miss? Deb? So y'all come on up. Anybody else we missed?
Introduce yourself, greet the people, tell them where you're from, what's going on. Hi, I'm Deb Farley, and I'm the director of CBC Gardener, which is uh, out of Boston. We're excited what God's doing up there. Bobby and I have stepped on a limb. We're hanging there, and God's meeting us. We're changing lives in New England, and we're excited about it. Amen? Thank you, Deb. I hope you understand my English. I'm Colin, and I'm from South Africa. We've started in January. We've got uh, 11 students that started, and we've got about 40 correspondents, and it's going very well. Good morning. Uh, I'm Cody Hole from Kansas City, and we're going into our fourth year this year, so we're just kind of keeping on and keeping on and keeping on. Amen. And just sowing the word into the students and just seeing lives transformed. And so that's having not having enough room to fit all the directors in only means we're increasing and reaching more people. So that's a good problem to have. Amen. So thank you. Good morning. Thanks, Cody.